the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Do you want to create your very own app, but you don't have any programming skills? Well, check out Bravo Studio, the fastest mobile app building platform. Bravo converts your designs into fully native iOS and Android apps without any coding. Learn more at bravostudio.app. That, once again, is bravostudio.app. Scaling your Apple search ads campaigns can be challenging if you don't have the right toolkit. Trust me, I felt the pain. From market insights to automation tools, searchads.com provides everything you need in a single intuitive dashboard so you can easily adapt, optimize, and grow your mobile business in the App Store. Learn more by going to searchads.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters. Dot com and welcome to the fam Fridays with App Masters, where we take a look at your apps and bring on a guest to really break down what's working in the app space. And today I've got a phenomenal guest for you. We're going to talk all about creator marketing. He's got 20 years of experience in games and tech, working as an engineer, producer, Disney VP, and startup founder. And interesting tidbit, he actually slapped a sea lion that was biting biting him in the head. And so I'm curious to know about that story as well. But let me introduce the guest. He is the CEO and founder at MatchMade, the creator marketing platform. And they just launched this express campaign, which is perfect for you guys out there. And you can get started with just $500 budget. So really cool. It's a self-serve platform where you can get connected with over 9 million creators on this platform. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. He is Yuri from Matchmade.tv. Yuri, welcome to the show. Welcome to the fam. Hey, Steve. Thanks Thanks for the amazing intro. I think you do a better job pitching myself and the company than I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> super happy to be here. Yuri, you can hire me as a hype man anytime, my friend. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how you got started in the space. What were you kind of seeing in the space? Because you come from the gaming background, what were you seeing that you wanted to build MatchMade? Yeah, it's actually, it's kind of one of those funky things where like, I've had this like pretty random career that then somehow all kind of came together in MatchMade. So I, I mean, I started literally 20 years ago. Like my first job was uh, working for this live streaming uh, startup in Helsinki, which obviously back in 2001, there was absolutely no audience whatsoever. But I, I can at least claim that I was in this game before almost anyone else. Um, and then, you know, we pivoted to uh, mobile games, which also were not really a thing. Like that's when the very first kind of black and white uh, Nokia phones started supporting mobile games. So I worked on that stuff. Um, but, you know, like I kind of kind of always been working in, in different kind of online media, games, uh, tech-related things. And, uh, yeah, before uh, before MatchMade, you know, we uh, I'd left Disney and, you know, we were talking with my co-founder about, like, what do we want to do next? And we wanted to do this, like, silly indie game about bank robberies, like, basically a game that we couldn't, we wouldn't be allowed to make at Disney. And we built it. It was fun. And then we started talking about, like, how do we actually find an audience for this? Because like we know this is not 
it's not a mainstream thing, you know. It's not a, it's not Angry Birds or it's not whatever. It's not Clash Royale. But we know that there's people like us who would love to play it. And then, you know, you start thinking about it like, okay, like we have this pretty specific niche audience, you know, where do we find these people? Well, you find them online, blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of realize that, well, it's really just a question of like, there's there's an audience for almost anything online. But the problem is like that you need to be able to actually find them and reach them somehow efficiently. And that leads to influencer marketing. Then we look at influencer marketing and we look at how it's done. And at the time it was this like massively manual, very kind of like, you know, kind of a thing where everything is just based on someone's hunch. And we kind of looked at it and said that well, like that's obviously not going to scale, but one, one day it will have to. And we ended up building Matchmade to kind of allow that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, I mean, what I've always heard about influencer marketing, and I want to ask you this, Yuri, but like, why not call it influencer marketing? Why call it creator marketing? And I think they mean the same thing, but why is that nuance there for you guys? It's, you know, that's, um, that's like a big kind of philosophical discussion that we had for a couple of years in the company, and then we settled on creators. Um, so, you know, the, the thing for me is that when people talk about influencers, you think of these like massive massive online celebrities right you whatever the range it ranges from the kardashians to you know mr beast but it's usually this like idea of this like people with huge reach who whose only job is to kind of be this person and be very visible online in different ways and that's the influencers and i feel like we all know that the relationship i have with this person is inherently commercial you know like they build up this audience so they can monetize it and they monetize it by influencing me to buy stuff. Right. And that's, that's, that's the whole philosophy of this scene. But then like the way I got into this stuff is that like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to just make like computer art. I would make like stupid little games and I would upload them on the internet. And I just did it cause it was cool. And like back in the day, you know, you did not have YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, So you, you couldn't build an audience, but we kind of realized that there's now this, there's, you know, millions, tens of millions of people who just mostly want to create cool stuff and share it with someone. And But they're also now able to build these audiences. But these guys are not doing it because they want to influence. Their, they don't do it because they want to monetize their influence. They do it because they want to create something cool and they get the audience because the audience loves the cool thing they've created. So that's mm -hmm. why we want to talk about creators, not influencers. It's a bit I of like a hippie it. thing, but I think it matters, you know. No, that's why I asked. I felt like it mattered because I can see from all the messaging on your website that it was all creator marketing. And I, I like that term. So I felt like there was a good story in there. All right. I want to say hi to a few people too. Antonio, how's it going, man? Such good content you provide us. Thanks a lot. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. Rassi's here. Fernando's here. I love this community because they came up with fam. And I was like, I like fam. It's like family, but Fridays with that masters. It's lit. What's up, Noah? And then we've got Romaine here. Tim's here. Yash. Whoa. Calm down, phone. <laughs> Noah, Miguel, Adrian, and then Yanni is here as well. So shout out to you guys. Hey, you're the so my audience probably has not a huge budget, right? Like not the social points of the world where you guys are working with, but like for a few thousand dollars, and I think this is what 
is in line with the express campaigns that you just launched too. Like what's the best way to get started with, if you got a few thousand dollars, but you know that your audience probably is, whether it's a game or maybe it's something that's workout related and the two apps I picked out for the app audit, we'll probably need an influencer, right? Like I got a client where sometimes it's like, well, nobody's searching for this thing, right? Like nobody's searching. When we look, when we think about ASO, nobody's actually searching for this app. So how do we get started with what's one of the best practices in terms of if we have a limited budget, what should we be doing with these express campaigns? And maybe is it, is it express uh, campaigns? I mean, is that why you guys built it for smaller budgets? Yeah. So we, we precisely built it for that. I mean, um, this is going to be maybe a little bit convoluted, but like, you know, bear with me. It's going to make yeah. sense. Um, <laughs> cause like the thing that we've been doing for, for a long time is that we've been working with these, you know, bigger advertisers. So yeah, the social points and operas and whatnot, kind of to develop um, a model where they can reliably kind of scale and repeat the kind of results they're seeing with working with creators. And what it's all relying on is, is kind of our ability to work with a lot more creators per campaign than what you would get with like a typical influencer agency. So if you mm -hmm. work with an agency, you might end up working with whatever, five to 10, 10 influencers. Uh, whereas with us, you know, we're aiming to work with hundreds uh, or hopefully thousands, you know, because that there's, so, there's so many benefits to doing that. We can talk about that maybe later, but so basically we built all that stuff, you know, we had all these big companies using it, but then we've always had this kind of like, I mean, like this, whole project spawned out of like an indie game studio, right? So we've always wanted to support the small guys as well. So then we had this discussion of like, well, like what's really the big limiting factor? Like why couldn't we take all the stuff we do now for the big companies and instead of, you know, applying it to 50K monthly budgets, apply it to, you know, $500 monthly budgets. Mm -hmm. And and so that's that's the idea. Um, and I mean, it, it. I mean, there's still always this kind of thing that um, I think, another guest of yours talked about like a month ago that in the end, if you work with creators, if you work with influencers, like you always need to be able to kind of drive enough installs for it to show up in your, in your kind of analytics. So you can, you can estimate the lift and then you can see if it works or not. So that's still going to set the kind of minimum budget for any campaign. Um, but what we've done with Express campaigns is that we made it actually possible for you to just get in, uh, just set it up yourself and, and kind of then tap into like all the kind of complicated machinery that we've built to do this for significantly bigger companies. That makes Got sense it. again. No, it does. The, the thing I wanted to talk about too, was you said, Hey, it's the, it's more beneficial to work with multiple, right? He's like, we can talk about that. You said you can talk about that later. I, I'm always trying to do multiple things. So I want to make sure I was listening properly too. Is that what you were talking about, Yuri? Like the benefit of working with multiple rather than just one big yeah. one? Yeah. And I'm, I think that's like one of the huge kind of, that's one of the huge philosophical differences when, when it comes to you know, influencer marketing versus creator marketing. Cause like, you know, the way, the way people think about influencers is kind of still this thing where you think that you or the agent you work with, the manager you work with is somehow magically going to be able to find the exact right influencer for you. And then you'll give them 50K, they produce this content and it's just gonna go amazingly well because you gave them some creative feedback and it, you know, everybody's, you, you get a ton of installs, the influencer makes a ton of money and everybody's super happy. But like, that just doesn't like, from like a kind of analytical point of view, that doesn't make any sense at all. And, and if you look at kind of how marketing works today, it's super like data driven. Um, so anyway, like, so what I'm trying to say with this is that 
in reality, you know, it's impossible to predict how well any given piece of content on social media will perform. So like when, you know, when you post this, uh, this kind of recording on YouTube, like we don't actually know how many views it's going to get, you know, what your average is, but you don't know how right. well this is going to do. Right. Um, so, this, so the, the whole thing we're kind of trying to do here is that we're trying to kind of spread that risk. So traditionally with influencers, you know, you would just put all your eggs in one basket and you pray that it works. Uh, and what we're saying is that no, like, you know, you want to get the like law of large numbers to work for you. So with one piece of content, you don't know how it's going to perform, but with a hundred pieces of content, you know, you know, it's going to approach the average. So now you can start mm. predicting how this is going to perform. Yeah. I love it. Okay. How do we get started with what type of content to actually produce? Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's also kind of one of those where, uh, <laughs> I feel like I have too many, too many opinions on this stuff, but I mean, we've been doing this for five years now. Like, um, so, you know, like our, our, our thesis is in that in the end, you know, I follow a specific creator because I like what they do. Right. So that's, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I watch your streams. I follow your stuff because I like your style. I, I like your, I, I trust your judgment on kind of who you feature, what do you talk about? So I think that's the first thing um, that I think brands really need to respect that, that it, as soon as you try to kind of take over the creative side, you try to dictate mm -hmm. to the creators what they should do. It's gonna not be a good experience. You know, the fans will spot it. Everybody's going to be in a bad mood. You know, you're not going to get any installs <laughs> and it's just a waste of time and money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so so but that's so that's the first thing, right? Like, so you do need to, regardless of the type of content you produce, uh, you ask the creators to produce, you need to give them the the wheel, right? So in the end, you know, it's a pretty vast, I mean, we started Matchmade, we would only do kind of dedicated gameplay videos. So we would just work with game developers who have a cool game. And then we would find creators that would just do like a whole video about that game. And I mean, it works out if the game is, you know, super YouTubeable. But then you also need to find the creators that have like who play similar games or kind of like games that kind of match that new one, so that the audience doesn't get alienated. Um, now, second clip that's like inside the con. Hold on, Yuri. I lost you for a little bit. I don't know if oh, I'm like sorry, sorry. Yeah. Also getting a pretty funky. Let me turn the lights on just one moment. <laughs> yeah, so okay. I, you know, there's uh, the sun is setting here, so it's getting a little bit dramatic. Berlin, <laughs> yes, sir. All right. I think I lost you a little bit. If you want to, I don't know what where it was exactly, but like by 30 seconds ago, I kind of lost you. No, so just saying that, um, I mean, so nowadays we kind of mostly do integration, so it's going to be a longer YouTube yeah. clip, but then there's like a 60, 90 second sponsored part in it. And, but especially in those cases, like you really need to kind of let the creator do their thing because otherwise it's not going to fit in there and you're going to lose a bunch of the audience when they kind of sense that, oh, this is just like a forced ad instead of something that's actually kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard the same thing. You know, I love talking about this topic because I wouldn't say I'm super an expert on this, but integrations seem to be the best form of advertising too. So the better you can integrate it, you know, I've worked with a couple of different sponsors, you know, a handful of them, and they're always trying to be like a complete demo, right? Like I'm like, no, you know, I know mm -hmm. what the audience wants. I know what's going to make you stand out a little bit more. And so let me kind of tweak the messaging, the story on how the features I want to highlight, because 
you know, my audience is sophisticated, right? They may not mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. like, some have multiple multi-million dollar budgets, but they're very sophisticated in what they understand. And so I yeah. always want to make sure I guide them. And this is a win, win, win for all parties, yeah. me, the audience, and more importantly, and then the sponsor as well. But that's, I mean, that's the whole, I mean, that's kind of the few things we're always trying to get our advertisers to understand. Like first you gotta like, you gotta make sure that the creators you work with actually reach the audience that cares about your product because otherwise you're right. just wasting everyone's time, honestly. <laughs> and the second thing is just like, make it easy for the creator to talk about your thing. So just explain in your own words, what's cool about your product, but just give the creator the freedom to kind of explain that in a way that's natural to the channel and give them good materials just give them a lot of like high quality video high quality you know screenshots whatever but don't tell them what to use because again like it's your channel like if i'm the game developer like i make games you create this content so you know what here's what i think is cool about my game you choose how you explain it to your audience like that's how you get like results it. i like it i want to say to hi to akif and then Dimitrios is here. What's happening, Mark? Good to see you, my friend. Mark is in the, he's got a pretty decent sized game back in the day. Rudy, how's it going? The other thing that I wanted to talk about with you too is when it comes to tracking, I know you do apps flyer, adjust, any of that integration. You know, what have you seen work the best? Because a lot of times, you know, people might just watch that video and just search for it. You know, there's that organic lift. And so not a lot of people are actually using your adjust apps flyer link. How do you go about best tracking the performance? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's like an industry wide problem, not just limited to influencers or creators, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is that, you know, it is that whole ability to kind of see the incrementality, see the lift. Um, and I'm, so basically what we, what we what we try to do um with our customers is that of course we you know we look at the adjust apps fire attributed installs but then we also make sure that we, we drive enough traffic we do enough content in like a short time span that we're able to get that uh, organic quote unquote spike as well and if you're able to do that you know you see the you see the total lift that you generate plus you see your kind of attributed installs then you can actually pretty well estimate what's the total real kind of install count that you got from this campaign. And that's when you start seeing results. Um, that's, I would say that's one of the reasons why a lot of companies have historically preferred to work with really big uh, influencers because like mm -hmm. they have the ability to strive a ton of installs in a short amount of time. So then you can prove to your pod boss or whatever that, you know, this worked out. Um, when you work with a lot of small creators, uh, it becomes difficult. Uh, but this is kind of one of those things that we really spend time on. So we. Uh oh, I think I lost them. Good thing I was only picking my nose or anything when they dropped. All right. Yeah. I got kicked yes. off. You, yeah, you're back. I think the internet kind of. Oh man, sorry almost. about that. No, Usually okay. it's all right, but this is brilliant. So, I mean, yes, yeah, so I was, what I was trying to say is that you know, with the big creators, it's easy to get that lift. Um, yeah. With small creators, you need to have the kind of tooling, the kind of whatever, whatever you need to kind of get them to post the content at the same time. And that's kind of one of the things that we've spent so much time on, you know, just building that so we can, we have all these automated reminders and these automated kind of checks mm -hmm. to make sure people actually post when they promise to, and then you can get that lift and then you can measure it and then it starts making sense, right? Do you have any sense of like when somebody should think about influencer marketing 
or I'm sorry, let me rephrase when people should think about creator marketing. Is it like, Hey, I figured out everything or I'm just launching. When is the right time in the product life cycle to start thinking about creator marketing? Uh, I would, I would say that, you know, before you spend any serious money on it, you probably want to have some like pretty concrete idea of what is the audience that, you know, works out for you. Like, it, it, I, I mean, of course, like I would like to say that you should just take all of your marketing money and just give it to us. But in reality, you probably want to spend some time on kind of whatever Facebook ads or pick your poison to figure mm -hmm. out like what what are the demographics you know what what's the kind of like key audience that you know sticks around and monetizes and once you have that um we can do something with it but because the really like the big mistake we see all the time is that people think that you can get uh results with creators or influencers by just using your you know your own wisdom your own understanding of what works and what doesn't but usually it doesn't work out that way like in the end it's just uh pretty boring game of, you know, figure out the targeting, figure out how to reach the creators that reach that audience and, you know, then figure out the right pricing, the right, right brief, the right everything, and then just measure, adjust, repeat. So what I'm trying to say is that you want to establish the baseline kind of targeting and messaging first, and then you can start working with creators. I like it. I like it. I, lo I love that, you know, as I was doing research on you guys, I love that you work with gaming, obviously, because of your background. we got finance, we revolt, cats, obviously a big one, productivity with opera, you know, and then education. So I, I love that there's a bride, a lot, a lot of categories that you tend to work with too. And I just think it's, it's a testament to, that's one of the things I look for as well. So uh, all right, let's see what Fernando says. I got a comment. You want to tackle this? I create an app like Lingo Kids, Games for Kids. Any suggestions for me? 2.5 impressions per day, five downloads per day, zero subs. Fernando, remind me again what's your app, and then I can show Yuri what your app looks like. But if he's starting off there, you know, like what would you suggest for somebody who's just like, look, I can't get any type of traction. Like, should I, what should I be doing? Are you, I mean, I, I mean, again, I think the first question is like, are you seeing, are you seeing conversions elsewhere? Cause I mean, that's usually the, the first thing like there's, it's pretty, it's, you know, the, one of the benefits of the kind of old school marketing, like kind of uh, performance marketing platforms is that it's really quick to just test different kind of creatives. So different, you know, messaging, different, everything. Um, and I would really say that if you're not able to get any results from those channels, then it's going to be really hard for you to explain to the creators like what is cool and it's going to be hard to identify the right creators. So that's kind of a crappy answer. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I love it. You need to have a starting point, right? Um, and I mean, of course, if you have a huge budget, then you don't need to have a starting point. Then you can just like try a bunch of things, see what sticks. Sorry if my connection's dying a little bit, but uh, but then you need to have the big budget first and then you can try, try things and start iterating. Yeah, I agree. Your friend, like try to get some type of traction, whether it's Apple search ads or go to match made, you know, whatever it is, because you said it, like you need some type of con like what works, like you have to understand your users, what they're most passionate about. And then, you know, what I tend to look at if you don't know is just like, try to get some user testing, user testing.com, really, yeah. you know, valuable. Like I think a lot of times people look for numbers and quantitative content, like metrics but i'm like qualitative is just as important especially in the beginning if you're like too shy and you don't have a huge budget qualitative just a handful of people will tell you a lot too 
Okay. You're, the other thing I want to get into is, okay, I want to, I'm on board. I personally want to do, we are redoing an app and we feel like, Hey, our pricing page wasn't that great, but I feel like this pricing page is going to convert really well. And so after I launch it, I'm personally talking about this. I want to use MatchMade and talk one of these express campaigns. What's the process like? Okay, come into the platform, but find my the content creators. What do I have to do step by step? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, that's, I mean, great question. Like that's usually the big culture shock for people who have any experience with influencer marketing, because you know people's, you know, people's expectation is that I'm just gonna get on this platform. I'm gonna type in my search parameters, and then I'm gonna start handpicking the creators. <laughs> then I'm gonna haggle, haggle on the price with them. Then I'm gonna tell them that I don't like their hair color because you maybe dye it pink, and you know, whatever. That that's the influencer marketing mindset, and basically we're saying that all of that is a waste of your time, <laughs> right? Mm. So 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 what what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it. So you know the kind of three things we're looking for is is you know predictable, repeatable, scalable, and that means that it has to be based on kind of objective parameters, um, applied objectively, so that once you find something that works, you're able to do it again. So so the way it works with Express campaigns is that it's kind of similar to you know Facebook ads. Like you go in there, you select your kind of ideal targeting you think is going to work best for you. You upload your assets, you add your kind of talking points, but then we actually allocate the budget automatically. So we look at our data. So we, we have a network of about uh, 13,000 creators that we work with. So we're actually going to allocate the budget automatically based on kind of who we think will perform best or who our algorithm thinks will perform best uh, for your targeting and for your kind of product. Um, a lot of people hate it that they don't get to like handpick the creators and they don't get to tell the creators what to do. But the problem with those two things is that, well, your handpicking is not, we can't repeat it. It's not predictable. It doesn't scale. And then mm -hmm. on the other hand, you know, your creative vision, in my experience, usually doesn't actually help the creator make good converting content. A lot of people hate hearing that, but that's the truth. <laughs> that is the absolute truth. I completely agree with that too. As somebody who creates stuff like, and who, who likes to work with other creators, I'm like, hey, you, you know your audience, like you tell me, I'll follow your lead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like yeah, that. but I mean, the Express campaigns, the Express campaigns thing is it's super straightforward. Like if you use like Facebook ad manager, then you know, you'll feel right at home. And I mean, yeah, you just click go and we automatically allocate it. You get the results back and then you can kind of, you can adjust your targeting or your creative based on that and do another test run. It's we're trying to apply this kind of performance marketing mindset to the kind of field of creators. I like it. The, the thing I want to talk about, what if I don't have that like many assets? I just want to provide you with an app store link. Like here's the app store link, go type of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know if I, I can't remember if the UI allows for that right now, but um, <laughs> we might actually add your app store assets if if it makes sense. <laughs> so like yes, prob probably your app store assets are perfectly fine. Okay. The other thing I want to talk to you too is I had a client who loved YouTube. He's like, look, I love YouTube advertising. I love working with creators. And he told his tip was try your creators to create evergreen content. So for him, it was a little bit simple for games. It might be a little bit more difficult unless it's a really popular game. And maybe there's like a little tip or trick within that game. But his was a keyboard app. And he said, look, when I created content about how to change your default keyboard, 
right? That's one piece of content versus like the top keyboard apps of 2022. Well, I'd rather have the former. I'd rather have a that has long-term evergreen type of content. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, it can be super important. And especially if you do this kind of like over multiple months and multiple years, um, you can build up this kind of reliable source of good traffic. Um, statistically speaking, um, I forget the exact number, but it's, it's 95 plus percent of all the views, uh, a video is going to get, uh, they usually get in the first seven days. So from that point of view, oh, wow. it's not super significant. But it's kind of one of okay. those, like if, it, if you hit the right keywords and you kind of end up having those kind of evergreens that keep getting traffic all the time, then it's all basically free. Mm -hmm. You know, you pay for it and it'll just keep giving for years and years. So like it's, it's a cool thing if it happens, but I, I don't know if it's something you can replicate kind of predictably. All right. Okay. I have Fernando's app. All right, Fernando, I have your app right here, but we'll take a look at it in the future as well. Here's Fernando's app. So... Again, try to get as many downloads as you can. I think if I'm just looking at it, these screenshots, I know they're supposed to be bigger, but they seem a little small. And I know with kids type of apps, like faces always do pretty well from an app icon perspective, mm -hmm. like bright faces. Think about how kids like these type of characters are probably more important than some plain old house. <laughs> Yeah, if you uh, look, at, that look, at game, look at game icons, you know, it's still all just like, you know, up close faces and that, that works. Yeah. You're, anything else you want to cover from the matchmate side of things that I didn't, I might have missed? No, I mean, uh, I, I think we're all good, you know, it's just, I mean, <laughs> you know, like I, I think my main kind of message there is just, just people come into the influencer space kind of thinking that you're this kind of, creative almost movie director type of person as the marketer but really like the reality is that it's the creators who know know what works for their audience and i just wish people would understand that your job is to know what about your product is unique and cool your job is to know who's the people you want to reach and then once you've got those two things figured out you just find the creators who reach this audience you give them everything they need to in their own style, in their own words, you know, explain why they should, why their audience should check it out. You know, just people put their ego in this process and you shouldn't, it's all about in the end, just knowing what's, knowing those essentials and then trusting the kind of the process and the numbers. Yeah, I had one person that ran her own agency as well. And she was talking about like, if you're looking for ROI positive, maybe creative marketing isn't for you. Do you have a different take on it? Like because I know you guys use performance marketing a lot and I like that, right? We always think performance marketing, this is ROI positive, but is this just more of a brand building exercise or can you, we drive like good amount of like ROI positive installs? No, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, our, our whole model is built on the idea that if you have this kind of, you know, if, if you have this like very objective approach and very kind of analytical approach and you iterate long enough, you're definitely going to reach a point where you can reliably get a good ROI. Um, the problem that usually we see is that people start kind of like drawing conclusions way too early from way too little data. So, you know, you do one video, it performs well. So now you conclude that, oh, influencer marketing is super ROI positive. So now I expect everything to be this, or you do one video, it performs really poorly. I'll never do this again. And it's just like, you know, 
from a statistical point of view, like, you know, absolutely nothing after doing one video. So it's more like, it's kind of a long, you know, it's a lot, it has to be a long-term commitment and you need to have this kind of boring, you know, analytical approach. And then you can get to like, you know, steadily, reliably kind of improving ROI, but you need to make it boring first. <laughs> yes. Ask, could you let us know some red flags before we choose any creator? Now, if I remember right, you can test me here. I right? like, you're not actually picking the creators, right? We want match made to be repeatable, scalable. And so you put the budget in match made will match you up with the right creators and the target audience you're looking for. Am I right on this? So, so there's, you know, we like the people in the company and there's we, the match made platform. And <laughs> so the match made platform will look for certain things, right? So, I mean, but I mean, if you're doing this manually, you might want to look at things like you know, are they posting content consistently? Like if it's someone who's on like a steady schedule, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you can look at like the variance in the key metrics, um, like is, is the view count fluctuating like crazy? Um, you can look at engagement, like what kind of, you know, are they getting a high amount of likes and comments to their views, which tells you how dedicated the audience is, how well it's going to convert. Like there's a lot of things you can look at. Um, we do try to look also for kind of toxicity. So if, you know, if there's, for example, like a lot of, you know, toxic comments and whatnot in, uh, in their content, then it's probably better not to work with them. But um, yeah, I, I would say it's kind of, you want to look for kind of consistency. You want to look for decent engagement numbers. If you see them having already done a bunch of sponsorships, then that's usually a good sign that they know how to kind of approach it, how to do it logistically and and whatnot but i don't think there's any like one single thing you want to look at it's kind of all of these together is there a follower count that you're looking for as well so we we don't actually look at follower or subscriber counts at all uh because that's that's a bit of a misleading indicator like you might have someone who used to be a big deal five years ago and now gets no views at all they'll still have a huge subscriber count um so but you might also have someone who's growing really fast and then then will actually get a lot more views than what the subscriber count tells you so we we always look at basically the last 30 day kind of average views and that's mm -hmm. our size metric is that something you can do within youtube pretty easily uh, well, if you're doing it manually, cool. if you're doing it manually, you might need to just kind of put the put the numbers in a spreadsheet and then figure it out. But uh, yeah, we we've automated. That's awesome. Well, all of this. I mean, we we you know we we've analyzed like 1.5 billion pieces of content, so it does a lot of like heavy data crunching happening in the background. I need your guys' help for our YouTube channel. I'll give you the full kind of uh, data dump on what, what we see. All right, cool. What kind of content I should be creating? Joe's here. Finally, Joe. Good to see you week in and week out. Tired of overpaying for App Store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.